Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, North America's only show dedicated to the equipment used to feed, clothe, and fuel the world. I am Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Hackettstown, New Jersey, and we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with a re-air Sunday at 6 p.m. exclusively on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147. And if you miss an episode, or if you want to go back and listen to, listen to it again or send it to a friend, one week after it airs, just go to farmmachinerydigest.com. And under the FMD radio tab, and it will be listed as a podcast. And also, it'll be found also on uh, almost every major podcast hosting site. So you could do that and use that as a resource. And what I would like to do is start off by giving some pins in my map and putting three listeners into the contest. The contest to win a Hot Rod Farmer license plate and a die-cast Fent model of a Rogator sprayer, ideal combine, uh, a tractor, and a momentum planter. So somebody's going to win one of those, and I will be giving that out next month. So I want to welcome, and I'm going to apologize ahead of time, because I may be pronouncing some of these listeners' names, incorrect, last names incorrectly. So first, I want to welcome John Rossier, I'll, I'll pronounce it, and it's Lockport, Illinois, and then Mr. Patrick Sullivan, who is listening from Columbia, Tennessee, and then Mr. Larry Ardener from Coplay, Ohio. So I want to thank you so much all for giving me a pin in my map, and i just like to know where everybody listens from so I could better serve you, and you three gentlemen are in the running, and I wish you all the best. I wish everybody could win. But in life, everybody can't win, so we're going to give away. So a different person is going to win the Fent model, and a different person each month is going to win the Hot Rod Farmer license plate. So it's not one person winning a whole nine yards, right? So that is uh, much better that way. And also keep in mind that your name goes in the running for every month. So once you reach out to me, I don't take it out. Say, oh, you didn't win this month. I'm taking it out. No, 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 no. So you may not win uh, for April, <clears throat> But you may win for June or September or what have you. So that is that. And then today, I'm going to talk a little bit about hot rod, right? But I'm going to make a segue because I'm a farmer also. But on a different note, which has nothing to do with the show subject today, is that uh, I watch I watch some YouTube videos. I guess everybody does because the TV, for the most part, has gotten so poor. And that's why you should always, that's why you should consider investing in the RFD TV app, because then you could watch RFD TV and you don't need to have a, have a, a TV in your house. And that's a great app to have. But anyway, uh, there's a show, uh, well, I saw it on YouTube, but I don't think it's not a show. All right. So, uh, it's called Snow Outlaws. And it's, uh, I guess it's a take on uh, Street Outlaws, which is a, a drag racing show. I think that's on a Discovery Channel or whatever. But Snow Outlaws is not so. They're playing with that same term. But there's, uh, you got to look this up. Just do an internet search, Snow Outlaws 2023, YouTube. And it these sleds are unbelievable i mean i'm the hot rod farmer i love everything and you know it don't take much to fall in love with these sleds three points 
<clears throat> low three seconds. I'm not going to say 3.6, 3, 3, 3.3, 3.4 seconds to 163 miles an hour on a sled in 500 feet. These things are absolutely crazy, crazy. They're about 1,100 horsepower. They're most of the, they're turbocharged nitrous. Some are supercharged. They're running nitromethane and gasoline. I mean, a whole different, all different exotic fuels in them. They're making, a, like I said, 1,100, 1,200 horsepower. It's a four-cylinder. No, I think it's a three, three or four-cylinder. I don't know. It's a, but the cylinder head is based on a Hayabusa Suzuki Hayabusa motorcycle. I don't think it's a true Hayabusa head. I think it's just patterned after that, and it's a uh, a dedicated block. It's not a a Hayabusa block. But you got to check these things out, and that's definitely going to put that on one of my to-do things is to go up and watch these snow outlaws. I mean, these things leave with the skis in the air. They got parachutes. Uh, uh, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. But uh, check it out. If you're a hot rod farmer, you will definitely enjoy it. But what we're going to be talking about today is a little bit hot rod, as I said. We're not going to be talking about the sleds. We're going to be talking about the new Dodge Challenger that has 1,025 horsepower. And that's the challenge. The, uh, I guess it's like they, they have some kind of catchy term, uh, the, the final final something or a farewell tour. Or who knows, like a musician. But uh, they're not going to be making a Challenger anymore after this year. So they figure they're going to go out with a, with a blast. And it's 1,025 horsepower but that is the first factory car that is designed to run on E85. And I think that's very, very, very important to the agricultural community. And I'm going to discuss that right after we come back from the short break. But remember, agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. I'm Stormy Warren from The Highway. For singers and songwriters chasing their dreams to Music City, taking that Broadway exit to Nashville for the very first time is a moment they will never forget. Country music's biggest stars join me on my new original podcast, Exit 209, and relive those moments. Listen now to hear my talk with country superstars, Florida, Georgia Line. Only on the SiriusXM app, now home to the best collection of podcasts in one place. Free for most subscribers. Download it today and tap Podcasts. If you're serious about ag, it's time to get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in Canada and all of North America. Get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern, and don't miss the replay at 7 in the morning on Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. This is Sean Haney. Every weekday afternoon, we keep the discussion going on Rural Radio 147, beginning with AgriTalk with Chip Flory at 2 Eastern. Then at 3 Eastern, join Brian and Darren Hefty for Ag PhD Radio, followed by Shark Farmer Radio with Rob Sharkey at 4. Then it's time to get real and get connected with me on Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern. It's a full afternoon of tips and tricks to boost yields and keep you informed starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, weekdays on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. This is Capri Cafaro, host of Eat Your Heartland Out. Every week we explore the rich yet often overlooked culinary depth of the American Midwest. Together we'll learn about the food ways of our region through compelling interviews with a variety of guests, each of whom highlight a unique thread in the Midwestern culinary tapestry. Tune in for Eat Your Heartland Out, 
Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147. If it's related to ag, we're talking about it on AgriTalk. Weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central on Rural Radio 147 and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So let me read you some numbers first, and then what I'll do is I'll give you my thoughts on why these numbers are so important to everyone in agriculture, all right, but especially corn growers. And I know that the uh, NCGA had put some kind of uh, bulletin out about the car, but I really don't think that they did it justice. It was just whatever. I'm not going to go there. All right. 8.91 seconds in the quarter mile, leaving with the wheels in the air at 151.7 miles per hour, NHRA certified. Right, so that's the real deal. 1,025 horsepower at 6,500 RPM, 945 pounds-feet of torque at 4,200 RPM, 0 to 60 in 1.66 seconds, and the highest G-force of any production car ever made. So the G-force read as it accelerates, as it, as it, as it launches, and it's 2.004 Gs, and that is all on E85. And why I think this is so important, and we really need to look beyond the obvious with this. You may say, I'm not a hot rod, I don't care about drag racing. But if you're a farmer, if you're involved in agriculture, if you're a corn grower, then this is wonderful fodder to debunk all of the negativity that has been circling around ethanol, whether it's E10, E10, excuse me, never really got much of a black eye. E15, going back and forth with the courts and the EPA and E15, and then E85, and just, just, there's an agenda there. There's an agenda to shut down ethanol. And, but you have to realize that Dodge, which is now Stellantis Corporation, all right, I, I come, came to market because the car has already been released, right, the limited production, and they're building a vehicle, the first vehicle ever that is made to run on E85. Now you, so now, but you may say to yourself, hey, Hot Rod, I got a flex fuel pickup truck that's 10 years old, and it had runs on E85, and I got a whatever car that runs on E85. My wife has a car that runs on E85, flex fuel car. This is not flex fuel. It's flex fuel reversed. Now, what do I mean by that? Is that if you have, let's say you have an F-150 pickup truck that is calibrated to run on, on different grades of a gasoline and ethanol mixture. So you could run on E85, E30, E40, whatever. Right, that's what flex fuel is. The thing is what's different about that, it's the Dodge Demon SRT 170. And what's different about this car is that it is calibrated to run on E85. It's meant to run on E85, but you could put anything up to E10. You could put anything as down as low as E10 in it. So the important thing is, and I maybe didn't express that properly, is that a a traditional flex fuel vehicle is initially calibrated to run off of E0, and then it then it compensates for any amount of ethanol 
and it's put into the gasoline after that. This is the exact opposite. The desired fuel on this engine is E85. But, for instance, let's say in New Jersey, if you bought this car, we don't have E85. We only have E10. So Dodge wasn't going to make a car that they could only sell in states that have E85. But that is the that is the desired fuel for it. So now, if this sucker is running off of E10, Dodge is saying it's got 900 horsepower, 810 pounds-feet of torque on E10. So if you look at these numbers is that the the engine is making 125 horsepower more on E85 versus E10. Now, the other thing I want to bring up uh, is that it has a very fast response, and that then, then Dodge made it a point to say it's an extremely fast response fuel composition sensor. They called it an ethanol sensor in the press release, but it's really, really, it's a proper name, is a fuel composition sensor. And it sits in the fuel rail where it's supposed to be, all right, because some of these flex fuel vehicles don't even use a composition sensor. They look at the oxygen sensor and they have what's called a virtual VE table, but I'm not going to go into that right here. Now, <clears throat> what this, <clears throat> what the, what the, the, the demon 170 does is it considers anything above e65 to produce full power so so e65 and above it'll produce to 1025 horsepower right so basically in essence what they're considering is that from e65 on up is the real deal now if you have e85 in a true e85 <clears throat> then that is probably going to produce a more power than it is right at the E65. So now, what I want to make very clear here, the power is not in the E85. The power is not in the E65. The power is what that fuel, because of its octane rating, allows this engine to produce. And so it's the calibration. So the so it's a it's a double sided sword. I don't want to say double sided. It's multi many steps. So you could have a corn hybrid that has the genetics to be high yield, right? It's a race horse. It's not a workhorse. But then you have to feed it the proper fertility for it to produce that high yield. So with Chrysler, I'm still going to call him Chrysler because I hate the name Stellantis. I grew up, you know, I grew up with Chrysler, Mopar, not Stellantis. <clears throat> so anyway, so what they're basically saying to you is that the calibration from E65 on up will allow this engine to produce 1,025 horsepower. So me being a drag racer, me being an engine guy, being a calibration guy, is that that means on probably true E85, it's probably producing 1,050 or 1,060, but they're advertising 1,025, <clears throat> all right? So that is very, very important. Now, what we have to look at, and let's make a, you know, a, comp- a car company is not going to put all of the money and effort into producing a car like this if the fuel is not any good. So we hear <clears throat> we hear all of this stuff about uh, ethanol is no good. <clears throat> Excuse me, it ruins your injectors, it ruins your carburetor, it ruins this. And and I'm not going to say that there's not that eth- ethanol is a unique fuel, and the higher the ethanol content you put in gasoline, 
uh, then more of the ethanol characteristics come out. And some of them are positive, for instance, the octane and the ability to produce less emissions and be a sustainable fuel. But there are negatives to ethanol. But they're not really negatives. All right. Yes, there's less energy content. It's it's at 20 below zero, it's not going to want to start as easily as gasoline. So there's a couple of negative things there, but they're not they're not workarounds. I mean, there are there's workarounds, and you can make that happen. So what I think is so monumental about the Challenger, the D, well, let me get the name right because I just call it Challenger. It's the Challenger Demon SRT 170. It's got as long name as it has horsepower, right? That is so important because what this is doing, this is opening the door. This is a crack in the door. The door is cracked open for the industry. I mean, in the auto industry to embrace a e85 car and to use this logic of make the calibration to be on e85 excuse me and then calibrate it backwards to e10 or e0 so like i'm saying that's completely different approach it's the same approach of of going up but it's going backwards so we're going to have our calibration come out and this this high speed this very quick responding fuel composition sensor is telling me that this is opening the door for all of the car industry and maybe chrysler is leading the way on this i don't know to come out and to say fine we could make a pickup truck that's going to work the same way we're going to make a sedan a minivan an suv that's going to work the same way what i mean by work the same way is have the calibration for e85 and then have it degrade out for the lesser fuels so now the thing is that what's important as i keep saying it's so it's so important and i feel that that so many people in agriculture are missing this because you you this, this basically is saying not guilty all right if you were in a court of law say not guilty well all of the all the hubbub and the fake news and all of the bad press that ethanol's gotten over the years and we're going to ruin the world that has ruined your car just just everything you name it i mean no matter what they could <clears throat> throw darts at for ethanol they have and if a company is investing all of this money to bring this car to market and and they're not going to do it with a fuel that's not any good I mean, they, they, they'd be shoot, not even shooting themselves in the foot. They'd be shooting themselves in the head. They wouldn't be playing Russian, Russian roulette because all the, or the, the uh, every, there would be a, a bullet in every chamber. So now the other thing that I want to bring to light, because I'm saying this humbly because of my automotive background, is keep in mind that this is, I keep saying it's over a thousand horsepower. But because it's a street legal car, it has to pass the same emission tests that a minivan does or an SUV. They're not giving it, the, the EPA's not giving it, oh, well, you're, oh, yeah, well it's an eight-second drag car, I don't have to worry about it. If, you're, if it's a legal car for the road, it has to pass all the same emissions tests. It has to, it has to do, the, do all of that. It could skirt around the fuel economy testing because they could just put a gas guzzler tax on it. That's what they a lot of car companies do. They're with a performance going to put a gas guzzler tax on it, and they won't worry about the fuel economy. 
but it has to pass all the emission tests. So for you to, so since it's calibrated to run on E85, the emission strategy and the emission testing they're going to do is going to be based on running E85. So the fact is that, uh, you know, then again, this is a wonderful win for, for the corn grower. This is a wonderful win for the ethanol industry. But I'm so afraid that they're going to miss this opportunity because they're not really familiar enough with engines, with cars, with things that are, they're not familiar with. They, they just keep talking octane. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to the break because I'm running long here. And then we are going to come back and we're going to finish this off. Welcome to Bushels and Cents on Farm Machinery Digest Radio, heard exclusively on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey. And never forget, it is not what you make, but what you keep that counts. With the right to repair back in the news, the truth be told, it may very well not be what you think it is. For years, there have been interface tools available to the public for the controls on Tier 4 diesel engines in all applications. In regard to ancillary areas, such as a combine header, the access to the serial data most likely will be limited, if not at all. This is the protocol in the automotive industry. There is public and proprietary data. The auto industry is protected by stronger consumer laws than commercial equipment, which agricultural machinery is deemed to be. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit FarmMachineryDigest.com, where steel and soil meet. Hey folks, join us for the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 11 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 with hosts Don Dawson, Ernie Rodina, and me, Ron McDaniel. Along with our KSU vet tip, we'll visit with Bill and Martha Shearer of Whispering Grace Horses, followed by a visit with Sally Batten of the Athletic Equestrian. So tune in to the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday or Thursday evenings right here on Rural Radio Channel 147. The Cowboy Channel Bar on the historic Fort Worth Stockyards is the country's first bar dedicated 100% to Western sports. Watch your favorite rodeo on one of the 11 televisions from the Texas Swing and the National Finals Rodeo. Cowboy Channel Bar is your ticket to the best drinks and the most iconic rodeos from across the country. Saddle up to the bar seven days a week or head downstairs to the historic speakeasy on the weekend. Located right under the famous Fort Worth Stockyards sign, visit the Cowboy Channel Bar today. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So let me finish up on this. We're not going to have any Meet Me in a Farm Shop today with Tex Rubinowitz uh, singing us in there. This is too important. I'm too excited about this challenger. I'm too excited about its impact on agriculture and ethanol-based fuels. Now, the other thing is that I want you to recognize that on the, it's so important, this EPA emissions testing, because... The emissions testing is done with an engine cold, and then it goes through a drive cycle. It's done on a chassis dynamometer. Then they have this dynamometer is able to be loaded. Then there's a drive cycle test, and somebody drives the vehicle, and they have this monitor in front of them, and it's, I'm not going to get too much into it. And then also what the EPA does 
is that they weigh the emissions. And they do that on TFR diesels also. So if you look up the, the, the specs for emissions, it says grams per mile. If you happen to live in, a, in, the, in an area where they have to do emissions testing on your vehicles, your gasoline vehicles, you'll see it's either written percent or parts per million, depending upon the emissions. And what they do is that they put a big bag on the exhaust. It's almost like a bag you would put grain in, all right? And they w- know what the bag weighs empty, and they go through this drive cycle test, and they are making an oversimplification of it, and it's and it weighs the bag after it's done, and that is how they come up with grams per mile. So keep in mind that this engine has to go through this cold start test just like any other engine and uh street legal engine it's not a race car it's a street legal car and most of the emissions on a gasoline engine are put put out or about 80 percent of the emissions are put out during the first two minutes of operation so the whole idea of ethanol burning cleanly is really coming to light with this and i don't know this i can't i won't swear on a stack of bibles but what probably what chrysler did and I, if you look at the EPA, the calibration laws, they change every, I should say the emission laws, they change, right? But the thing is that by them saying that this is an E85 engine is that they calibrated and they tested on E85. And it's very possible that this engine would not have got through the certificate, it's called a certification test on E10, all right, I'm not going to say it does or it doesn't, even though it's making less power, but you're not making 900 or 1,000 horsepower driving down the road at 50 miles per hour, and which is a whole one of the drive cycles in this test. So that's really, really important for the industry, national corn growers and the ethanol industry to, to recognize as far as that's concerned. Now, the other thing that you have to come into play and remember is that they are going to put some semblance of a warranty on it. And also, every vehicle that is sold in the United States, I'd say probably Canada also, has to guarantee that, that the emission system is going to function. I believe it's 50, 60, 50 or 60,000 miles now in the United States. It may be the same thing in Canada. So if ethanol E85 was going to ruin everything, all right, then every Challenger 170, Demon 170, would eventually come back. And you can say, oh, the people aren't going to put 50 or 60,000 miles on it. Granted, but it's it's either it's a five years or 60,000 miles or 50,000 miles. I don't know what the current status is. When I was in the industry, it was five years, 50,000 miles. So then again, this is a wonderful, if you were a trial attorney, you would bring all of this evidence in front of the jury and say, okay, look, all right, and, and this is evidence that is that is totally debunking everything that was thrown at the public as far as ethanol being an evil fuel, and specifically E85 being an evil fuel. And it is, and I feel, as I said earlier on, that this is going to open the door, or has opened the door, it cracked open the window for the auto industry to produce an E85 vehicle and then calibrate backwards instead of calibrating forward with it. And monumental. And sadly, and I'm saying this with the utmost respect, that I don't really feel that there's anybody in that I know of, all right, 
in the National Corn Growers Association, they probably hate me, National Corn Growers Association, or the ethanol industry that truly has the background to understand <clears throat> the gravity of what this 500 horsepower car that is being produced, a 500,000 horsepower car, excuse me, being produced means to the industry. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher. And reach out to me, send me an email, and let me know what your thoughts are. Take care, have a blessed day, and be safe. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Ethan Wayne. Last year, I had the privilege, along with my family, to pay tribute to our father, and certainly one of the greatest American heroes of all time, by opening John Wayne and American Experience in the Fort Worth Stockyards. Visitors love it. There's so much to see from memorabilia stemming from a lifelong movie career to our family car my dad brought home when I was just a boy. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in the Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into the Duke's life that's only available here. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Well, when the railroad pays off, you can take 20000 out of the kitty for me. Well, I guess you'll have to excuse me, ladies. Son, since you haven't learned to respect your elders, it's time you learn to respect your betters. Oh. Oh. Tickets are available on johnway.com, or they can be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now. Crew, let's ranch it up. Join me, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. Every week, right here on the Ranch It Up radio show, we talk the cow stuff. Some rodeo action. Cowboys. Markets. The latest cow country news, sale barn reports, and everything in between. The Ranch It Up radio show every Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hey, this is Jimmy Stir. Let's get together every Saturday night. It's for the Saturday Night Polka Party right here on Rural Radio. Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. They repeat that same show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So join me and all of your friends for the Saturday Night Polka Party on Rural Radio Channel 147. I'm Justin Crow with Tennessee 4-H. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM.